Hey, I know you're here for the podcast, but give me 30 seconds to talk about a new service we just released for anyone working in a CPG brand. Finding the perfect co-packer or supplier can be a real pain. You spend hours Googling options, texting your colleagues, asking around different Slack groups, and still you get nothing. That's why we created Fiddle Connect Consulting, a done-for-you service that does all of the hard work of finding your dream co-packer or supplier. Best of all, it's 100% guaranteed and you get three free months of Fiddle Inventory Operations software included. Interested? Just go to lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. That's lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. Now, on with the episode. There's never been a better time for physical products than now. My name is Dallin Drew Bay, and I want to learn from the best minds in the industry. This is the golden age for consumer products. This is a time where anyone can go from zero to financially independent. This is the physical products movement. Welcome to the physical products movement. My name is Dallin Drew Bay. I am your host. This podcast is powered by Fiddle Inventory, the best the fastest, the most innovative inventory management software to ever hit the market. The, these guys are disrupting this industry. No more hefty servers, no more unresponsive customer support. Fiddle is cloud-based, so nothing will get in the way of your production. And Fiddle's created a one-of-a-kind Kanban or Trello board view, so you can see your work orders and sales orders in the most clear way possible and the best part is fiddle is free it has room to grow and paid plans as you go but if you want to get started there's no lengthy demos no binding contracts and the free lasts forever free trials are a thing of the past so go to fiddle.io slash podcast today to see the latest episodes of this podcast and also to get started so do you want to just start by introducing yourself um, to let us know your name and and uh, and a little bit about what you've done? Yeah, so my name is Saul Santos. I am from originally from Mexico City and uh, my family, we live in, in a city two hours north of Mex- Mexico City called Querétaro and that's where we, we've been for the last 20 years. And I came to to the U.S. Uh, to play soccer for BYU, so mm-hmm. I played soccer at BYU. And then um, it took me it took me a minute to to get done. And um, I I bounced around. I I first wanted to study engineering like my father, but I ended up, you know, doing industrial design. But I actually didn't didn't finish in industrial design. Um, and um can you give me a second baby sorry my my daughter is here <laughs> you're fine <laughs> give me one second i wasn't calling you baby i was calling my daughter <laughs> you're good <laughs> Angela? Yeah. okay well i'll i'll do the intro again you're good <laughs> Okay, so I'm from Mexico City. 
and I came to the U.S. to play soccer at BYU, um, and uh, I started industrial design at BYU, and mm-hmm. and I was part of the part of like a bunch of startups in in Utah. Um, when when I was done with school, I went down to Mexico. My dad passed away around the same time, so I went down to Mexico. I was working in, um, for Excite. It's, it's a they manufacture car batteries, so I was working, you know, as a sales guy pretty much down in Mexico. Yeah. Then I, I had an opportunity to come back to the U.S. and help uh, brand Mission Belt, mm. which was Mission Belt was one of the first uh, companies from Utah to make it to Shark Tank. Yeah. So you know, um, um, his last name Hanks. Um. Seth? Yeah, Seth. Yeah, I know Seth. He's a really cool guy. It's awesome. Yeah, he um he sorry to interrupt you. His his dad it was my wife's mission president. He's what? Sorry. You're fine. Seth's dad is my wife's <laughs> mission president. Oh, cool. Yeah. So small world. <laughs> yeah, Seth's like a really cool guy. Anyway, keep going. So, um, so we, we branded Mission Belt. I mean, when, when I, when I joined Mission Belt, they had a very basic, you know, um, website, they were barely getting off the ground. So it was really cool because I learned a lot about how to, um, you know, give, you know, a company their brand identity. Yeah. You know, and and really, you know, really trying to to identify uh, the target consumer, and 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 because in essence, you have to deliver a clear message to them through your products. You know, you has to speak to them. It has to create emotions because, you know, we buy when we get excited. You know, when we love something. Yeah. So getting to know your consumer is is crucial. So, you know, and back then I didn't have nearly as much experience, but, you know, you know, you definitely got my mind thinking about, you know, okay, who, who are we, what are we trying to do, you know, where, where can we have the most impact? And we have, we, at the time we had a very limited budget, you know, because we were doing all this branding before, before, um, the, the show before Shark Tank even aired. Mm-hmm. And and then so we did the website and the like I took the pictures you know at the time I was my now wife we were dating and I would borrow her camera <laughs> you know and and I did all the product photography and the model photography like we were doing all sources of of things and then we have another friend I don't know if you've talked to Shane Monson who is the founder of Onsen Towel uh, he's just like a an, an he ran a crowdfunding campaign for for towels that dry well and pretty much towels that do their job and he's Japanese, half Japanese, so you know, he searched his mission in Japan. So hmm. he he took that that approach of, of of quality of products and 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 gave it to, to his company. Anyways, but he was part of of the of the marketing team back then so i mean we were just bouncing off ideas it was really it was really cool time so 
you know, um, uh, Zach Holtzapple, who is uh, one of the founders, Jeff Jensen, and then and then um, Nate Holtzapple went to the show. So those were the three founders, and I was employee number one. And you know, we saw the company go from you know from nothing pretty much to millions of dollars. And it's exciting. And, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience, you know, and it, it was really cool to do everything from the ground up, you know, even though I was designing and I was branding. Mm-hmm. I took, you know, sometimes when our inventory was so low and we couldn't keep up with sales, you know, I would drive down to to Los Angeles and, and rent a U-Haul and drive it myself because we couldn't wait for, you know, for, for the for the truck the trucking companies to you know we couldn't wait like two weeks so i would go you know i wouldn't sleep and in 24 hours i would go down to california and come back so we could ship out product you know so it was one of those it was it was a very cool experience and now looking back you know i realized how much of how much i learned from that experience you know yeah and then from there i went to so i had a uh, one of our, another one of our friends who we played soccer with, uh, Jake Cavanaugh. No, he had um, taken over his parents' company called Utah Truffles, mm. and uh, Utah Truffles is is been you know like you go to Macy's, you go to you know so many stores in in Utah, and you would always find this chocolate. So, you know, being young and being very aggressive business. He wanted to grow the company, so uh, he bought a, a you know some other some other uh, chocolate brands, and we started we started selling at Costco. You know we so what we would do, he recruited me to come work with them and be a creative director, and what we did was just create chocolate brands. Awesome. So, and that was really cool too. And you know it was it was a different vibe, different energy, but. You know, a lot of, I, I, I feel like I was pretty, <coughs> sorry, you're good. I'm good. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've, you know, network has always been like part of who I am, but just to see how it was done, at least in, in the Utah, you know, you like, you know, Salt Lake County, Utah County, it's, I think there's something unique there and, and, and Jake is from Salt Lake. So to see how his interactions, I was always observing and learning, you know, how, yeah, how, how, how those, uh, those, those interactions uh, happen because definitely there's something about Utah that is different because I don't feel like, I feel like people that come in from outside uh, will need some adjustments so they can, you know, grasp, you know, the, the network and the interactions because I feel it's very unique. It is. Um, so I learned that from there, and then, and then from there, um, I um, I couldn't work for them anymore because uh, I was in the process of. This is this is, actually like probably one of the biggest growth, um, experiences of my life is, uh, in so I couldn't work for him because I was in the process of, of getting my, my work visa. Uh, uh-huh. So in, in the meantime, I had to, 
you know, coach a lot more because I've coached soccer and then I do all the jobs that will pay me cash. Yeah. You know? Yep. So even though like I had, you know, all this experience and the, the and all this creative mind, I found my, myself installing roofs, you know, I'm doing all sorts of manual labor, you know, I used to keep, yeah, by then I was married already, used to keep us on float. And then once, you know, the work permit came in, which in, then I felt like it was time to start pursuing what I always wanted, which was to be a footwear designer. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so that's a little, I mean, I don't know if you want me to keep going. I don't know if you have a specific question. That's kind of like a little how, so that's that's uh, that's about the time where, where I was able to get an internship at Ultra Running up in Logan. I don't know if, if you're familiar with Ultra. Yeah. Yeah, so Ultra, it's actually, it was started in Orem. You know, and Golden, Harper, um, and uh, Brian Baxter, you know, out of uh, Runner's Corner, right there in Orem. And it's incredible to see that that, that little brand now, it's uh, it's a real a real player hmm. in, the, in the footwear space, you know, to think that they started a footwear brand in the middle of a recession. Yeah. Actually, they... It's very remarkable. Huh. Um, and so Ultra last year was purchased by by VF Corporation, mm-hmm. which is one of the most established, uh, one of the biggest players in apparel and footwear in the whole world. Um, VF, they are the owners of the North Face. They own Vans. They own Timberland. They, uh, before they split, they own... Uh, Lee and Wrangler, they were part of the same company, but and, um, Jan Ford, um, he, uh, Eagle Creek, they recently just um, just sold Reef at one point that owned Nautica. I mean, it's just like a wow. big, big corporation, but now they also own Ultra and they moved the company from Logan, Utah to Denver, Colorado, where it's now a headquarters. So, and um, I, I was able to do, do an internship there and um, that led me to a full-time job that then, you know, turned into like my dream job, you know. Um, one of the biggest challenges that they had, you know, was getting getting designers up to Logan. Yeah. You know. No, not a whole lot of designers, you know, want, I mean, would even want to commute. And, and, and for the longest time, uh, Altra was labeled as the, the ugly shoe company. Like everyone, yeah. no one could get, get over the fact that there, there was, was nothing, you know, sexy about this company. And for me, I just took whatever opportunity I had, you know, and we were able to, to create some really cool products and grow and learn and you know it was through ultra that you know i was able to go to asia multiple times many times to learn the process you know and learn all these things uh so you know i'm really really grateful 
grateful for them for the opportunity that they gave me to just you know contribute but for the most part it was me that was you know doing the the learning you know mm-hmm. because you know i i i've always liked shoes you know i've always been a, a little bit of a sneakerhead and <laughs> but but then i you realize that i didn't know anything you know like from construction to materials and you know the possibilities once you start getting that knowledge you know what you think you know completely changes and uh, for me, Ultra was that university. It gave me an opportunity to learn all these things that, you know, led me to go to to Brooks Running, you know, up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was very. It was it was the biggest compliment that I because you know as as we were designing shoes for, for running shoes for um in in this specialty running space, you know, I mean everyone knows that Brooks is probably the number one company in the United States in 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 uh, specialty running outlets and um so for them to and we were always chasing them you know when we were competing at Altry I, I always felt like we talked about them so I remember when they they invited me out for an interview you know it was like so surreal that you know this company that I was chasing for so long they would look at me and think that I was like a good fit for, you know, <laughs> to come and decide shoes for them. So, and they, they, they asked me to do a project for them in the interview process. And then they invited me to present to, you know, like to their team. And, you know, like two, uh, two weeks later, I got, I got uh, an offer and we moved to Seattle and, and it was like an amazing experience. Wow. You know, Brooks Brooks is full of really cool people. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Brooks there's there's just and Brooks the the young talent at Brooks is I think I think I think Brooks running is in great hands, you know, like the younger talent that I think they they will make like a huge impact in the brand and I think I think the brand uh, will be I mean, there's so many good designers and 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 developers, and and their biomechanics team is is like amazing, you know. Um, I'm I'm if if you if you ever want like a pair of of, of shoes that work, I mean, you can always rely that Brooks will do it for you, hmm. you know, because they have, you know, they their foundation. The foundation for for the whole brand is is based on on their research, you know, and the biomechanics lab, and hmm. they have so many people there that are just qualified and capable, and people that love their job. Awesome. So they love what they do. So that it was hard to leave, you know, it was hard to leave Brooks, but I couldn't I couldn't pass an opportunity that was presented to me to come back to Utah mm-hmm. and uh, and help, you know, help. A black diamond with 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 development and and potentially, you know, uh, growing their their footwear press and so yeah, that's where we, that that brings us to today. That's awesome. That's amazing. The so you sh- go ahead. I was gonna tell you that's just in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to hear the whole background. I, I mean. It seems like you you've just followed your dreams and you've gone after what you've believed in and and you've been able to accomplish 
a whole lot more than most people can. It, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Um, I'm interested to hear because, you know, this podcast is centered around people that are, are producing products, right? And, and distributing those products and, and, and getting those in front of people. And I know that there are listeners that are in the apparel space and maybe even in shoes. And so you've now worked at quite a few companies in footwear and you've seen the process and you've seen what works and doesn't work. Do you have any insights into the footwear industry that would be useful for up and coming designers or footwear companies? So footwear is an interesting space. It's very unique. And, you know, even when you have, you know, amp experience in, in other air, in other products, including apparel, you know, coming into a footwear brand, sometimes it feels like you have to relearn everything, you know, I've seen people uh you know go through that very specific you know learning curve on on understanding the whole process you know and because you know you know like just the everything that goes behind the operations of footwear are are incredibly complex you know because i mean just it's 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 uh the inventory is nightmare you Mm -hmm. know um because you have so many sizes and so many colors and you know you have to plan so well and you have to have your your distribution channels and right exactly so there's just so it, it just it seems like it's like a perfect recipe for failure yeah you know just because you need very large investments you know in order to make make it happen because you need so many SKUs and you need to have you know, like your orders have to be, you know, this size or whatever, because no one's going to take, you know, like a, like a small, num- like order. So, which brings me to my first point, like uh, mo- the companies that have been able to be successful in the forward space, they are incredibly passionate. And, but not only passion can only take you, you know, like so far, but they have a very specific niche. They're servicing like a specific group of people, and 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 because uh, that's what's going to keep them afloat, afloat. You know, that's what. So I'll give you the example of Altra. You know, uh, when Golden started creating, you know, and when Golden, specifically Golden, uh, he was literally cooking uh, shoes in a toaster oven so he could remove part of the midsole because he believed that some shoes. Uh, that needed needed uh, to be to be just as just as tall at the heel as they in the toe that he felt like they they didn't need to be like a like an offset on the height of of the midsole of the shoe and so he would cook them cut them re-glue them and then hand them out in the shoe that he felt that was probably the best shoe that aligned with his vision so hmm. and and the shoe the shoe you know you know, started started to work, started to click with an audience. You know what I mean? So, so he was able to pick up that pace. That now it's a full-on footwear brand. You know, there's the shoe, the Ultra Lone Peak, hmm. and 
And ultra, the ultra long peak is is probably is in the top three, if not. I mean, might be might be second to only the Salomon Speedcross as the top selling uh, trail running shoe in the United States. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a huge shoe for for REI. So and and for as a designer, I mean, if if you if you don't absolutely love shoes, you will get tired of it. You know, yeah. it's one of those things that you know, and you need to be in it. You know, I've. What's crazy is like I've worked with people in the industry that, or I've seen, I've been around people in the industry that not necessarily love shoes, and they see it just as a job. And I mean, you can do it because they're incredibly talented. But you know, like one of the reasons why I wanted to get into footwear is because I love it. So there's there's ways to get to it. It's it's. It's not easy, but you know a lot of footwear companies are always looking for an industrial design background. Yeah, and right and right now there are other programs. At least in the state of Utah, uh, Utah State has a, a outdoor design and development program that I think is is very current to. And you know, for the for a really long time, I used to think, oh, you know, I, I used to say that I wish Utah State had an industrial design program. Yeah, but but I feel like the the way they structured the program will give their graduates a, a real opportunity to go in in the industry because it's just so geared towards the outdoor industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the people that go through that program are there because that's their their thing, that's their niche, and I feel like the program will prepare them to go into that niche. And then the University of Utah has a multidisciplinary design program, and I know there's, you know, there's some people that come come out of that program to to establish uh, some some really successful companies. I I might be wrong, but I think Nomadic, I, I think the backpack company and uh, you know travel backpacks, I think they're graduates from that program. Yeah. So. I know that Utah State at one point was offering um, forward design classes that was taught by Steve Shorten, who was the senior designer at Ultra. I think he still is the senior designer at Ultra. So he designed this, I mean, he, he built this curriculum that was very unique on to teach people how to design footwear. And it's all based on his experience on everything that he had to learn from the ground up. Steve, Steve is, is Steve Shorten. It's a great designer, and, and I think he his ability his ability to design only comes second to his ability to teach. Mm-hmm. He's a great teacher, so um, he taught me so many things. But uh, for anyone that wants to do footwear, it's just like there's many routes too because people a lot of times don't know that. You could have any degree, and you could be a footwear developer. Hmm. You know, uh, so let's say that, like, as a designer works with a developer, the developer is that bridge between the designer and the factory in Asia. That's where most of the shoes are are being made. Everything is shipping to Vietnam or Indonesia out of China. A lot of the development centers for footwear 
are still in China, but most of the stuff is shifting to Vietnam. But uh, so a developer can be, you know, you can have a business degree. I mean, I've, I've worked with developers with all different degrees. You know, a lot of them share like a love for footwear or, or at least an interest in footwear. And they, you know, as, as they, 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 um, they jump into this industry, they, they, it's pretty much matching the whole process. It's, it's, it's a really cool job. It's a really cool job. I work with really awesome developers. Hmm. That's you awesome. Know, they, they have to be organ organ. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great one. And then another one is that another way to get into four is also to be a product line manager or a category, you know, director, category manager, which means that, you know, um, so when you design, I'll tell you, just, I'll give you like a, like a big picture, uh, process. So the product line managers, they come up with a brief, which, you know, that's where all the, the market, the market insights get gathered into this brief, you know, what they should need to be, they put it together. It's a product line manager. It gets handed to the designers and then the designers, you know, uh, design the shoe and the developers make the shoe. Hmm. Like a team that's always working together to to make sure that what is designed is what the market needs or or what the consumer, you know, wants. So that's kind of like so there's there's multiple avenues to get into footwear and have just as much action as your as a footwear designer, you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting because it feels like to me the landscape for um, physical products in general and and like these types of processes are all ironed out, right? But it still feels like today is a weird time where products, you know, just in general, it's it's changing. It feels like there's there's almost a production revolution happening today. You know what's something that's very interesting is is I don't know if you if you have friends who started companies just by, you know, contacting someone through AliExpress or Alibaba, mm-hmm. you know, and two weeks later they have their first sample. Yeah. You know, and and so that I think changed the game because someone, someone who someone ambitious or someone who really wanted to had an idea, suddenly had like a real shot at starting something. So when people, like I had I had people, I, I remember what, I was still at school or fresh out of school. So many people would come to me and be like, hey, I have an idea for this product. Can you design it for me, you know? And uh, that, that, a lot of times that was kind of like the, the what people would do. Their first thought is like, oh, I need someone to design my idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and my first advice was just like, have you looked at, you know, have you looked on AliExpress to see if there's something that gets really close to what you are doing mm. and, and then get it, modify it, they'll do it for you and then you can get going, you know, and then you can save all this cost of yeah. designing, of engineering, of mold, opening molds, of, you know, trips to Asia mm-hmm. that... Or, you know, something like that, you know, start happening. So that was, I think that completely changed, you know, so many things for people that, that totally like 
your idea and you could shape an idea and and have something tangible that you could potentially take to a sales meeting or 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 do a, a crowdfunding campaign you know yeah so i'm not a hundred percent familiar personally with how these new services like alibaba or aliexpress fully work is it literally just you go on there as a wholesaler or are you able to connect with the original manufacturer and start you know start uh, uh having the manufacture product for you so 99 percent of the time you're going to be talking to a broker uh-huh so it's someone who's going to make a profit on getting business to a factory yeah you know, in, and if you, like, sometimes, you know, like, when people either speak the language or have an ability to travel, mm-hmm. you know, they might be able to, 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 to find the manufacturer because that's when your margins really, really, really improve. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I totally forgot about, like, my... I skipped one of my biggest learning, you know, opportunities that I had is, so when I was in, in Provo, before I got into shoes, um, there was, there was a company called Chameleons and, you know, it was like the sunglasses that they, they, they had, um, little hinges that would make the arms of the, of the sunglasses interchangeable. So you could have like different colors. Yeah, it was really, it's a really fun concept. It was it was, you know, the, what the company had that was amazing. The product was was the product was okay, but they had uh, like a team of hustlers. You know, the the Bingham brothers. Yeah, uh, Jared, Jared Bingham and Sean Bingham and Justin Bingham. You know, those guys just hustle there. Their work ethic is is second to none. They're just like really, really, they work, they work, they work, they work, and they're driven, you know. And and I I admire them so much for for that attitude. But so the reason why Chameleons was able to 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 be, and then we we changed the name to KZ, is because when they started Chame- To the name chameleon, they changed the ch for a k, and at the end it had a z. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, let's take the k and the z that that made your brand unique, and that will will transition to calling the brand KZ. And we were getting a little bit of traction, you know. We had beanies, and then we were designing ba- uh, backpacks, you know. So we were turning into like a, an affordable equipment for for day adventures it was nothing you know beyond that but so um but the the thing that was 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 uh kept the business you know healthy was that i i don't even recall how sean made the made this connection yeah but but sean was working directly with the manufacturer and during my my two years with them there was many of this, you know, outsourcing companies that would try to get our business because our, our volume was getting high enough, but no one got even close to what the prices that we were getting directly from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's so if if people are starting a 
you know, if, if you, it's, it's important, it's, I'll say this, it is your relationship with your factory will determine the health and the success of your business. Mm. Yeah. So, Hmm. um, just, just that, that was the case when, when we were with Casey Hmm. and, and after I left, I left KZ specifically to do shoes, you know, it was, we were, it was fun. We were creating some really fun things there at KZ and, um, and eventually it was sold to, they sold the company and they made money from it. So wow. I think that's, I think that's like a, they, I think they took it to Ohio, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, yeah, it was, it was a very cool project for them out of a marketing idea that we had. Like we, we really wanted to, to, to use social media, um, mostly um, Instagram to promote the sunglasses and we created the adventure hunt which, which was like a like a modern day treasure hunt and and you know it was really cool because that the marketing idea is what they took to Shark Tank as a company ah you know right so it was it was I mean it was cool that that you know that something that we were using that at the time was as a marketing tool to sell more sunglasses. Uh, you know, it grew into 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 like an actual uh, business model and a company that 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 they were able to take on Shark Tank, and you know, it was it was cool. It was really cool. You know, and that adventure hunt connected. Chris Padilla, who uh, was promoting vacations in Panama through some <laughs> clients, and so we were, you know, we we got a. I, I was able to connect uh, Casey with with uh, Taylor Shoup, who is the founder of Stands, because they would send us like, you know, Stands, so we could throw in the the the. Um, um the into the treasure box and you know we connected with cuddle pack seats so they could so they could send some of, of their packs so it was it was really it was a really cool time it was really fun it's awesome this has been super insightful and you've really opened my eyes to a lot of things i didn't know previously about this industry and i think it's going to be helpful for a lot of of our listeners so before i let you go here do you have any sort of advice or um, direction that you'd want to give people that are involved in the product uh, product business space? I think, I mean, I think we are getting into a time where it's really relevant that we think about the impact of our ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, we need to... You know, I mean, I'll tell you from from a designer's perspective, it, you know, it's, it's 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 sad to see that sometimes we just design stuff that is going to fill, you know, or end up in a landfill, mm-hmm. you know, quick and taking forever to decompose, and you know, and so our decisions have. A far greater impact than just who we're gonna sell to, mm-hmm. you know. 
And so I'll tell you, like, for me, it's just like, so the, I don't know if you knew this, but your color choice can have more or less impact in pollution. Mm. Because there are certain dyes that require, you know, more water, less water. You know, it's just, it's just uh, your decisions down to color are either more or less impactful. Yeah. So, you know, part of part of like the stuff that we do now is just we're really trying to, you know, that are that are conscious about our, our, our you know our environment that 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 you know that also like I love designing stuff designing things that are easy to build so the stuff that we make in Asia is not burdensome to the workers, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, if I can say anything to, to, uh, to a product person, it's, it's like, think about the impact. Like don't, we have to really like get thinking of, about the hard questions, you know, like how is this product going to? What's the true impact of what I'm trying to sell? I don't yeah. think it's, I, I don't I don't longer subscribe to with the revenue, you know, with revenue-driven companies, you know. Yeah, I know they. I mean, they're all. Let me rephrase that. All companies are revenue-driven, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what it is. But I think we could have missions and we could be transparent. And we can really, you know, be striving to leave this place better than we found it. Yeah. So um, don't take, I would tell people, don't take the shortcut. Yeah. You know, don't, 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 don't just, don't go for the shallow answer. Yeah. Dig deep and, and, and find stuff that is meaningful because also those brands are the ones that that you know stay standing at the end you know yeah <laughs> so that'll be my my little nugget i guess <laughs> i love it well perfect thank you so much for taking the time fascinating stuff i feel like the two of us could probably just keep going i'd keep listening to you for hours <laughs> i'm glad that we were able yeah. to get connected though today um if any of our listeners wanted to connect with you is there a way they could reach out to you yeah so i mean right now you can email me at uh, well it's social media like what i what i use a lot instagram i i am what i use the most and it's at sa.za.ka mm. so sasaka yeah um and then and then that's probably like the the best way and you, people can always like find find me on linkedin as well perfect you know i'm very active and you just look for saul santos and black diamond and i'll come up you know and i try to i try to respond to anyone who has ever messaged me there, so. awesome sweet okay well thank you so much for coming on the show cool have, have a good day 
Real quick before this episode starts, I want to ask you, are you still using spreadsheets to manage your inventory, suppliers, co-packers, and production? Unless you're a wizard with cells and formulas, you can only grow so much with spreadsheets. When you're selling on your website, in retail stores, in online marketplaces, and more, it gets hard to track your inventory levels. Stockouts become a regular occurrence and fulfilling orders keep you awake at night. Use Fiddle instead. Our software is built to help CPG businesses like yours scale more easily with constant insight into your inventory and production at all levels. Go to fiddle.io to learn more and schedule a personalized demo.